Ahoy authors! You're listening to the Writership Podcast, a show focused on helping indie authors master self-editing skills. So come aboard and get ready to find the treasure in your manuscript with hosts Leslie Watts and Alyssa Archer. Welcome to episode 18 of the Writership Podcast. I'm Leslie Watts. And I'm Alyssa Archer. Leslie and I are the co-captains of Writership.org, where we create books, programs, and content for writers who want to improve their craft. We want to help you edit your way into a great book. If you'd like to find out more about us and Writership, you can find us on the web at Writership.org. Our podcast is brought to you by the Author Marketing Institute as part of the AMI Podcast Network. And you can learn more about how AMI is helping authors by visiting www.authormarketinginstitute.com. Are you looking for more five-star reviews of your book? Of course you are. Become a premium member at Author Marketing Club and get access to their award-winning reviewer grabber tool. Find top-tier Amazon reviewers for your books in minutes. Check it out at www.authormarketingclub.com. Oh, episode 18. Yeah. That might be my favorite number. <laughs> I was, I've been thinking a lot about, obviously, about this podcast and about editing. And um, I wanted to chat with you a little bit about how we're seeing certain types of errors coming up over and over again. And you and I have talked, Leslie, about whether or not we should keep reviewing these same issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm you and I also talk a lot about different personality models like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs. And um, (laughs) I I mean, I love it for myself and for my personal relationships. And I love it for characterization. Mm -hmm. I think there was a, a link going around yesterday that had um, the Myers-Briggs personality types broken out over like eight different popular television series. Ah. So you would, there was, there was, or movies too. Like there was Lord of the Rings. Um, there was Star Trek. There was Star Wars. There was Harry Potter. There was My Little Pony. Um, there was, uh, The Walking Dead and I think it was The Walking Dead. It might've been Sons of Anarchy. All right. I think it's The Walking Dead. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> the, point, the point being <laughs> that it's really like it's helpful when you're learning these personality types to see representations of the type mm-hmm. um, in different Totally places. agree. And I think the same is true for writing and, and these editing um, issues that come up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really why one of the reasons why we wanted to start this podcast was to like show people like here are examples of that because you hear it, you hear the advice, but it's hard to catch it if you don't know precisely what it looks like. So I think it is helpful. And that's what we're hearing, of course, from people. That yeah. It is helpful to see these things. Yeah. And I also I have one recommendation if people haven't heard of this book. Mm-hmm. When I was first starting to edit my own stuff, I made all of these errors for sure. I, every single one. Rapid fire dialogue, um, commonplace dialogue, echoes. Um, anyway, there's a book out there called The First Five Pages. 
It's by uh, New York agent Noah Lukeman, L-U-K-E-M-A-N. We'll include a link to this book in the show notes. And um, it just really is a fantastic resource to kind of um, help you understand if you're looking for really deep um, explanations of some of the things that we talk about. I've I've found that book to be an invaluable resource as mm-hmm. a new writer, a new new self editor, and um, recommend it. That's all I have to say about that. Awesome. So shall we get started? I think we should. <laughs> After my little philosophical diatribe. All right. So <laughs> today's quote comes from Bernard Malamud. Revision is one of the exquisite pleasures of writing. (laughs) Oh, Bernard, I so agree. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, yeah. So of your, of the different phases of working on a novel, is editing and revision uh, your favorite part? It is absolutely my favorite part. I, I feel like, oh, was it Hemingway that said that, that, writing was like squeezing a stone and dripping blood on the page from it or trying to drip blood on the page. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's terrible. But the point is that (laughs) getting words on the page, I always, I hate them the first time, but in revising them, I feel like, I feel like I am a master. I feel like I'm in the flow. I feel like once I have something on the page, it doesn't matter how bad it is. Then I can work with it. You have something to work with. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What about you? Um, I find joy in every aspect. Um, but I think just the hammering out and uncovering the story in that beginning process is actually my favorite. Um, but, uh, but I do love, uh, the hammering on it also. So it's gratifying. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah. Let's get started. Mm -hmm. Today, we are looking at a middle grade novel. I think this is our first middle grade. Oh, Oh, except for, uh, yeah, yeah. right? The um, Fear and Sunshine. Fear and Sunshine. The Think Tank. Think Tank. tank. There we go. (laughs) That was super fun. But that was a short story. And this is actually um, a novel. It's not yet published. It is from Michael Barstow, and it is called The Chronicles of PJ. This is from book one, The Escape. A swishing sound broke the pre-dawn's tranquil silence. A tiny marmoset monkey and an ostrich pushed a cardboard box through the snow. They pushed the box for a little bit, then rested a little bit, They pushed and then they rested, pushed, rested. This went on for a long time through the dark woods. You sure this is the right way? Rainbow Sherbert asked. It wasn't the last question the brightly colored monkey would ask. He was a 20 questions kind of guy, which was unfortunate for Delea because he was the only one who had to listen to and sometimes answer the never-ending barrage of queries. Seems like we've been walking for days. You want to know what I think? Not really. Delea wished he hadn't responded, but it was too late. I reckon we're lost. You want to know how I know that? Rainbow Sherbet paused, but only for a brief moment before continuing. Because we should have been there by now. 
You don't even know where we're going, so how do you know how long it should take us to get there? You know, I'm just made that way. I got a good sense of whatchamacallit. Rainbow Sherbert stopped and scrunched up his face as he tried to come up with the right word. Direction? Delea said. Nope, it's on the tip of my tongue. Delea pushed the box away from Rainbow Sherbert. We don't have time for this. Rainbow Sherbert ran to catch up. I'll keep thinking about it. He joined Alea and helped push the box. I'll let you know as soon as I got it. I can hardly wait. Their shadows grew as they approached a grouping of pine trees with a light shining through them. It should be right through the, these trees, Delea said. Direction, Rainbow Sherbert said. Delea jumped when the monkey screamed. He took a minute to catch his breath. First off, don't yell at me like that. Second, I already said direction. Nuh-uh. Yes, I did. Nope. Yes, I did. I would have remembered that, so I'm pretty sure you didn't. Forget it, Delea said. He put one of his wings up to push the pine branches aside. Let's just see what we're dealing with through these trees. Delea went through the pine trees and held the branch just until the moment when Rainbow Sherbert was about to move through them, and then he let go. The branch smacked Rainbow Sherbert so hard that he flew backward into the snow. Hey! Rainbow Sherbert rubbed his fuzzy face and stood up from the snow. You could have blinded me, you know. You're fine. Why you always gotta be like that? Ever since we were kids, you've been treating me all mean and whatnot. You're fine. You're fine. Good comeback. You're a good comeback. That doesn't even make sense. Rainbow Sherbert joined Delay on the other side of the pine trees. He came out on a hill that overlooked a simple white farmhouse with black shutters and a wraparound porch. That don't look like the place we're trying to find. Looks like Granny's place. Delea stretched his neck to its limit as he surveyed the house below them. He said it wasn't what it seemed. I'm positive this is the place. He pointed at a backpack in the cardboard box they'd been pushing. Do me a favor and get the binoculars. Something wrong with your hands? Rainbow Sherbert said. Delea held up his wings. Oh yeah, I forgot. Rainbow Sherbert fished out the binoculars and thrust them toward Delea, who just looked at them. You serious? You want me to hold them for you, too? If you wouldn't mind. What if I do mind? Just hold them up for me, Delea said. Due to the extreme height differential, Rainbow Sherbert stood on his tiptoes and held the binoculars high above his head. Delea stretched his long neck toward them and peered in. Rainbow Sherbert said, You almost done looking? I haven't seen anything yet because you're not holding them still enough. I'm doing the best I can. These binoculars are super heavy in these tiny arms. Delea steadied the binoculars with his wings. The quicker you hold them still, the quicker I'll be done looking. He looked through them for a bit. They're out of focus. Adjust the center knob for me. Rainbow Sherbert took one hand off the binoculars, but when he did, they almost slipped out of his other hand. He quickly put his hand back. No can do. They're going to drop if I do. Delea exhaled. Fine, I'll hold up the one side with my wing while you adjust. Rainbow Sherbert removed one of his hands again. The binoculars fell to the ground. 
what the heck, man? I thought you were going to hold it with your wing. And I thought you were going to use the same hand you used the first time. Why did you switch hands? My other arm was tired. Rainbow Sherbert picked up the binoculars. Let's try it again, Delaya said. Okay, which hand do you want to use to focus? Rainbow Sherbert held up his right hand and said, my left. Delaya shook his head. That's your right, Brainiac. Rainbow Sherbert looked at his right hand. The palm faced him and his thumb stuck out to the side. But it makes an L when I hold it up. Delaya grabbed Rainbow Sherbert's hand and spun it so the palm faced away from his face. Oops, I mean left, Rainbow Sherbert chuckled. Yeah, ignorance is something to laugh about. You are, Rainbow Sherbert retorted. I am what? Ignorance. Delea shook his head. I didn't call you ignorance. I would have called you ignorant if I was going to call you anything. Ignorance is your state of mind. It's your state of mind. Another fantastic comeback. You ready to adjust? Rainbow Sherbert, having already forgotten they were fighting, said, Yep, just give the word. Ready, set, adjust. Rainbow Sherbert removed his right hand and put it up to the adjustment knob at the exact same moment that Delea moved his wing into place to hold the binoculars up. Keep going, Delea said. Rainbow Sherbert twisted the wheel. Keep going. Rainbow Sherbert twisted again. Too far, too far. What's the matter with you? Rainbow Sherbert said, I can't even see what I'm supposed to be focusing on. Enough with the excuses. Just fix it. Rainbow Sherbert moved the dial back a little. Delea nodded. Now we're in business. He moved the binoculars to view different parts of the house. Can I let go yet? My arms are getting tired. Just a bit longer, Delea said. Rainbow Sherbert sighed. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> and that is the end of our selection for today. I found myself wanting to laugh, but I didn't want to <laughs> get you started. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah, I this is such a delightful story, um, and I can't wait to see what happens next. I'd say that a lot, but um, it's true. <laughs> um, I think it's just really, it's delightful and fun. The characters are really great, and... Um, so yeah love this it's a great start um i have a couple of suggestions the first is about the um in the beginning um we have the two characters we have the tiny marmoset and we have the big ostrich and they're both pushing a box at the same time and i would really love to see some visual detail about how that's happening i had a hard time picturing what you know is the we don't know how big the box is or how you know what's what's going on with that so i would like a little visual detail a little bit of the um you know what's actually happening um is the ostrich using his head is he kicking it does the monkey wiggle his back um what's kind of what's going on there i agree with that and i i think you had come at this in that, that first opening and, and talked more about how are the characters moving. Mm -hmm. I was really intrigued by that box, mm -hmm. and which you mentioned also. But 
you know, it's a cardboard box. That's all we know about it. Other mm -hmm. than they're pushing and it's obviously important to them. This, this box is an important box. It's introduced in the first paragraph. I want to see it more. I want to know how big it is. I want to know if, if it's dilapidated or um, just, you know, crumpled it a little bit, or is it pristine? Is it on a sled? Is mm -hmm. it wet on the bottom? Mm -hmm. um, we have, they're pushing it through the snow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In that first paragraph, we have a lot of repetition of, um, is it push and rest? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, there's some, uh, there's some nice rhythm in that. And it does give you that, the, um, repetitive feeling. You like the, the sound of the push and drag, push, drag, rest, push, drag, rest. Mm -hmm. But it might be nice to take that and give us the information that we desperately need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I totally just... I know you have more to say, so I'll, I'll close my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's good that we got the, all of the details about the box out of the way. Um, so I wanted to also talk about a little bit about um, excess words and omitting excess words. Um, the In the very first sentence, the, we have a swooshing sound broke the pre-dawn's tranquil silence. And... Um, I would, I would pull twank, uh, tranquil, tranquil out of there. Um, just because uh, the pre-dawn kind of conveys that, um, to me now, not everybody would agree, I'm sure. So, um, it is definitely a, um, definitely a personal choice and a pre preference. Um, but I would pull that word out, um, in another place, um, we have, I want to find this, the exact same moment. Um, and if this were in dialogue, I could totally see Rainbow Sherbet um, saying, but it's the exact same moment. But since it's in the narrative, I would leave that, at, I would pull out one of them. It's either the same moment or the exact moment. Probably same moment is actually a better choice in that spot. Um, but that was, that is something that I would, uh, that I would omit. And then uh, we have Delia uh, moved his wing into place to hold the binoculars up and i would just pull out into place these are you know these are copy editing suggestions and they um so they don't come early on in the revision they come later um, but they're things that i think would tighten up the prose just a little bit more and make it read even more smoothly uh, and the last thing that I wanted to mention is kind of a picky point, uh, but I wanted to mention it because it's one of those things that shows that you've really done your homework, um, that the when you are omitting part of a word and you use um, an apostrophe, so say you're saying in, in this uh, story we have, instead of because, we have because we should, and that should be actually an apostrophe that should be like a single right quotation mark um, or like a raised comma, um, not the other way around, just because the apostrophe is going at the beginning of the word. Um, 
the, um, you know, your librarians and grammar nerds are going to spot this uh, and realize that you've done your homework, which is why I like to point it out. Um, and I did want to give a tip. I had a little heart, heart, bit of a hard time figuring out how to make Word do this deliberately. But if you press the apostrophe or the single quote key twice, then you can delete the first one and you'll be good to go. So that was one. Oh, my little tip. <laughs> did you um, test it on a PC? I haven't tested it on a PC, but I think that it would work. Word does it the same way. I think it's a word thing that it, it you know, as some others have pointed out that word thinks it's smarter than you. Um, and so it believes that actually what you want there is a left uh, single quotation mark. But uh, if you don't want that, then that's how you do it. <laughs> you must beat word into submission. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there any, that was your picky point. Anything that else? That was my picky point. Ah, <laughs> that's, I'm good. All right. So I also very much enjoyed this. I um, I think Rainbow Sherbert and Delia are reminiscent of some of the Disney or Pixar um, humorous teams that we've seen before, like mm -hmm. um, Timon and Pumbaa in The Lion King or oh, some of the yeah. characters from Madagascar. They're, it's reminiscent of that for me, and that's delightful. Mm -hmm. um, I also, when I think about those movies one of the brilliant things they do is introduce a very large problem very early on mm -hmm. and i would love to know what this what the problem is for rainbow sherbert and delia or delia i'm not sure how to pronounce that obviously um i i feel like i know that they're on a mission there are two characters who do not belong in a pine forest in the snow an ostrich and a monkey mm -hmm. um and it's it's great that this author has avoided the backstory again because I have um, curiosity is carrying me through this tale. Mm -hmm. By the same token, um, knowing your audience, um, I believe that children who would be reading this or having this read to them would be really excited to know why, what it is that these two animals are trying to do. Um, what is it that they're after? Who told them to go do this i feel like i want i need just a little bit more um information about what's at stake mm -hmm. and what that would do for me is improve the tension in this piece so raise you know raising the tension which grabs your readers attention more so tension grabs attention mm -hmm. and um <laughs> i think that would help this piece a lot and it's it's not in need of a ton of help, but that might just really take it on a rocket ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to mention was the rapid fire dialogue. So we talked about this quite a bit in last week's podcast with the clone rules, and we've spoken about it in other podcasts. And rapid fire dialogue, again, is when you have characters that are exchanging dialogue back and forth without without dialogue tags or any kind of narrative description or action happening all you get is a series of dialogue or dialogue yeah so like nah -uh. yes i did nope yes i did i would have remembered that so i'm pretty sure you didn't there are several instances of instances of this and i think um with middle grade novels especially you need you're gonna run you, 
mouth trip. Um, you're going to want to read them aloud and make sure that your audience is not going to get lost if their parents are reading to them aloud. Um, that's my opinion. Parents who don't do the voices, right? Because you do the voices, don't you? When you're reading to your kids. <laughs> I, I do. I, I probably do them even more than I do on this podcast. <laughs> kind of a... My kids are constantly, Mom, don't do that British accent. You don't do it well. <laughs> like, oh, come on. It's a tough crowd. <laughs> it's a tough crowd. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So some parents aren't comfortable doing that and so it might be you're fine you're fine good comeback you're a good comeback that doesn't even make sense which yeah. is much harder to digest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and they, and you can also add some really lovely stuff in there like what they're doing maybe a little bit of this the setting something you know they're you can um really make the dialogue work hard by weaving in things yeah, there's there's a slapstick feel to this one too. I are know. They, are there facial expressions <laughs> like are they are they jumping up and down? What you know, play that up. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I could see Rainbow Sherbet with his little fists on his hips and kind of being indignant. I would have remembered that. <laughs> yeah, or scrunching up his eyes. Or, yeah, whatever it. Anyway, yeah. it's, it's I think there's funny. lovely humor in here. This is it really is quite, well. Um, quite well started and um i i again would keep reading yeah for sure all right anything else to say about this piece before we move on to our editorial mission of the week i think i'm ready for the editorial mission awesome <laughs> tell us about it well this week we want you to check your props so Make a list of the props in your story. In this story, for example, we have the box, we have the binoculars, uh, there's a backpack mentioned, um, and we want you to make a list of all the props in your story, and then consider what purpose does each one serve? How do you describe it? And how can you get more from that prop that's, you know, more than it's already doing to support your story? Um, and if it's not necessary, if it's not really serving a prop, can you ditch it? Can you omit it? Um, so <laughs> play with your props, check them out, and make sure they're important and described well. Excellent. I like it. All right. Remember, please, that the Writership Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at the Author Marketing Institute, which you can find at www.authormarketinginstitute.com. Don't forget to get more five-star reviews of your books, become a premium member at Author Marketing Club, and get access to their award-winning reviewer grabber tool. Check it out at www.authormarketingclub.com. And you can visit us on the web at writership.org. Join our crew and you'll get a free copy of the Writership Sampler, a book full of exercises and writing prompts to inspire you. You can also learn more about our editing services and sign up for our monthly editing newsletter. All right, that's it for today. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a, ra a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And we hope to see you next week on the Writership Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Writership Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, 
please consider leaving a review on iTunes and sharing the show with your author friends and communities. And right after you do that, make sure to contact the hosts, Leslie and Alyssa, to help you find the treasure in your manuscript. Head on over to writership.org forward slash podcast to submit your pages.